time with me for a spell. Back to when the wild things they were not for sale. And what was sacred had not yet been forgotten. to Otherland Dreams, and I am Lady Stars on Fire. I am here with... Who? I think his name is Hill Hippie. Is Unless it? he changed it for the day. No, I don't think so. That guy pretty much likes who he is. Oh, wait, that's me. Yeah, I do like who I am. Hi! <laughs> I never know what to expect from you. <laughs> I'm sorry, taking a sip of my drink. So... Are you doing good today? Always. Didn't you want to start off the day with something? Uh, yeah, I'll throw it why right do I, at you. Why do I tell you shit? Because you make shit so inorganic. I'm sorry. I was going to... I'm sorry, people. Um, Ever since the full moon and right before the full moon, I've just been completely spiritually stoned. Like, I've got so much energy with me. I'm in a goober high. I'm like, yeah. A goober I'm a goober high? high right now. I'm like, yeah, okay, yay, okay, well, huh? <laughs> so I can't take anything seriously right now. I just can't. I don't even know how to respond to that. There's either goobers like the old school candy or goobers like something that uh, you blow out of your nose. No, that... They're not well, boogers. I said goober. Well, where I grew up, they were also called goobers. Okay. What about Uber High? I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. I'm just like, and, and it's not like I've been smoking anything or doing anything. It's just because I've had so much high vibrational she's energy to around tell me. You about at least. No, seriously, man, because that makes me go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I I have the same problem, you know. It's like, why don't you smoke? Because I can be lazy and sit on my ass all on my own. I don't need help. No, seriously, man. For me, it's like, it's not, it's not fun. Uh, it's not fun at all. It, 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 oh, it can, it can be fun, but it's one of those, you know. Like I knew, I've known many people that will use it to get their head right or just to de-stress after a day. If I do that. It's, there's the end of my day because I ain't moving for four fucking hours. <laughs> no, see, like, I have, I have friends who, like, they operate on it, and without it, they aren't yeah. happy, you know? But for me, if I do it, if there's any issues in my mind, I go crazy with anxiety, and I'm, like, really negative at that point. But, like, what is it, the CBD oil? Yeah. I just take a little... Spoon, like a little little drop of it, and I'm like la 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 la, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, no fucks given. Period. I'm like la 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 la. Don't smack the table. Okay. Uh, but uh, referencing uh, <laughs> places that we grew up at, I want to talk about something that uh, I observed this weekend that uh, really bugged the fucking shit out of me. I uh, I saw a live Facebook broadcast from a 
television station called WVVA back in uh, back home in West Virginia. And it was about the first gay pride celebration in the town of Beckley, which is about 45 minutes from the town I grew up in. And that is a wonderful thing. I'm glad to see that out there. What really bothered me and just irked the ever-loving shit out of me and wanted to take me out of my nice little zen happy place and just wanted to go out and start beating some fucking asses was the rude ass people that were commenting on the Facebook live feeds. It was just ridiculous. Sickening. It made me ashamed of being from that area. And I should never have shame for being from where I come from. Nobody should ever have shame from being where they where their roots are. But I felt shame for it. Because here was these people just trying to have pride for who they are. Comments are like, burning hell. I'm ashamed of WVVA for putting out this debauchery. Comments like that, those are the two that really stuck in my mind. I got two things to say on that. Number one. These people's sexual orientations is nobody's business but their own. You have no fucking business getting your nose in it. The fact that it was publicized, if you don't want to see it, don't fucking watch it. Number two, your religious views are nobody's business but your own. You have no right to put your religious views on anyone else. Just like those people in their uh, sexual preference views have no right to try to turn you into what they want. And they typically don't try to. I mean, of course, in every aspect of every view and opinion in life people are there are those on the fringes that are going to try and convert everyone to their way of thinking excuse me uh, that being said shame on you motherfuckers for trying to piss on somebody else's parade they were just trying to be happy for who they were same uh, it would be the same as if you were having a church meeting and they come out and started uh, protesting your church because it was anti-gay. How would you feel? Does that make it right? Because that was the same fucking thing you guys were doing. I'm sorry that you had to feel that way. There's a, uh, there's a saying that's an old school saying that people just don't pay attention to enough anymore and don't use. Mind your own fucking business. That's why I put out the post with the Otherland Dreams with the rainbow uh, and the rainbow scheme behind the logo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for I'm, rainbow pride. Right. Well, for uh, non, non-straight non pride, I guess, would be the way it is. I don't know. I'm not a member of that community. But I support your right to be a part of that community. I'm proud of you. No, I'm proud of you for, you know, for I, I'm proud of you because you have a right to feel the way you should. And being what we do and, you know, being who we are and all about spirituality, you know, fuck everybody. Fuck what they think. I'm sorry. You have every right to figure out who you are. And if you're gay, fine. If you're bi, Fine. If you're experiencing it because you can't decide and figure out who you are, at least you had the fucking balls to go out and try it. So that's the way I look at it. And if you are criticizing somebody else, maybe you should fucking spiritually mature and shut the fuck right up. And take a look at yourself and find out where, why you feel the need to uh, 
push that uh, narrow view of the world upon others. Well, that's just because they're not spiritually awakened and they're still small-minded. Well, not being spiritually awakened is one thing, but to sit there and just badmouth somebody and be cruel to them, that's something else. That's a sickness. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it comes with... That, that's from fear. That's what it all based about based down from. Well, fear and other things. Because you can have fear about something and still just avoid it. Oh, they're post, uh, they're, they've got this on uh, YouTube Live. Well, I'm not going to watch that because I'm afraid of it. And then there's tuning in and attacking. That's cruelty. Exactly. That is straight negativity. That is straight destruction. You have no right to try to hurt another human being. With that being said, let's move into the episode about Lytha. Exactly. And I'm so glad that you started off by saying Lytha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I know. Uh, okay, because uh, right before the show started, I asked him how to pronounce this again, and I was already going in my mind as he was talking, going, crap, have I forgotten it already? <laughs> so... With Debian said, this show is actually about Lytha or the summer solstice and the celebration in this time of year. <clears throat> and the reason I say that is because I have some information I pulled off the internet, so does Hill Hippie, and we're going to go over a little bit of this and that of this time of the year and, and, and go into it. But I was a little... All right, look, I'm all about following the wheel, this, the wheel of the year from the paganism. And, and we have so to forth. break the wheel. I'm a, I'm, you know what? I'm down with that. That was a great Game of Thrones reference. Oh, it was a great Game of Thrones reference, but ill-placed. Ill-placed? Ill-placed. I'm down with that, but because not the in Wiccan, the same idea. <laughs> because the Wiccans have already broken the wheel. That's good then. We have to break the wheel. Let no, him go. They broke it in the wrong way. Oh, no. Okay, go. No, continue. <laughs> because the go way I was looking on. at it is, is when, when we went into, uh, I was looking at the pagan wheel, and I was like, okay, so I knew that there's. the. It's not the pagan wheel. It's the wheel of the year. But it Let's usually not, goes with the pagan. No. It doesn't? No. I love how he's looking at me like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> You know this. You know this. Okay, look. All right, let me put it this way. Putting, I, it, putting it into, uh, using the term pagan puts it into the con, uh, the confines of neo-paganism. The wheel of the year is a concept that has existed long before neo-paganism or the Wiccan movement. Okay. But what I was going to say is, I come actually from a Christian background. So when I look at it automatically... Okay, what I'm about to say is negative, and I don't mean for it to be negative. This is because my small-minded area of myself comes from a Christian background, and when I go into it, automatically my head just refers to it as, well, paganism. And that's not right. I will admit that's not right. Because, I mean, for one, I'm studying my shamanism. I go into all different cultures. I go through all different things. And I know that it's so much more deeper and drastic and longer and ancient and all of that good stuff that, you know, really makes the oneness one and coming into understanding each other. But my small-minded part of me goes, well, that's paganism. And so that's why I related it that way. But the thing was when we, Lytha, 
Blythe. <laughs> when, when, when I started pulling it up and I was looking at what we were going to do for the shows and stuff, I sent Hill Hippie a message. I was like, we should talk about Lytha. And, and then I went looking because I, I, I went looking for uh, a goddess. And what was my response? Who was that? Yeah. Who and what is that? And I knew it had to do with the solstice, but... I hadn't really gone deeper into understanding. And then I'm like, so let's look up the goddess and let's understand what this is. And and then I was just dumbfounded. Okay, so uh, the festival of the summer solstice, as referred to as Lytha by the Wiccan movement, <clears throat> is a festival uh, festival all about the sun, the earth, prosperity, and ha- all the happiness that goes along uh, with it and around us at this time of year. It's about change and transition. All beautiful things. It's also known as the Midsummer Festival. Midsummer, also referred to as Lytha by some Wiccans and other Neo-Pagans, refers to the period of time centered around the summer solstice and the religious celebrations that accompany it. Also called Midsummer in Swedish, Midsummer-related holidays, translations and celebrations, many of which are non-Christian in origin, apart from the designation of St. John's Day, are particularly important in Finland and Sweden, but also in other parts of Northern Europe, Britain, and elsewhere. The name Lytha actually comes from Bede de Tempor, and I know I'm going to mispronounce this other part, Rotonium, in which he gave the Anglo-Saxon names for the months roughly cons- uh, corresponding to June and July. See, what in some of the information that I was pulling up, it was saying for uh, European celebrations, it was accompanied typically, you know, and actually with the solstice itself. But celebrations itself took place between June 19th and June 25th. Uh, see, I got uh, between June 20th and June 23rd. Uh, also, another interesting thing, the actual Celts, who everyone associates with uh, most of these festivals, like Embolk and... Uh, <clears throat> I'm drawing another... Beltane, which most of the people uh, associate as Celtic festivals. The Celtic name for the summer solstice is Alban Heffen. Which has actually got more of a Germanic sound to it. Okay. And uh, which means the light of the shore, or light of summer, and that is about as far as the true Celtic reference to the names of the summer solstice gets. Lytha is actually not one of them. Lytha... I like that better. It sounds angelic. <laughs> <laughs> Lytha is more of a. Uh, a modern Wiccan approach to it. See, and that's what I was saying when we started this show. I was like, so I'm looking for this goddess, and I'm like, and where, where is she? Nope. Doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> I mean, I'm all down with, uh, I mean, to each their own. I, I don't care how you celebrate, to be honest. I mean, that's, that's your business. Right. I mean, or if you even celebrate, that's your business. But my point is, for me, it goes more to, because, I mean, let's face it, you all hear me every week. I do astrology. So, for me, it has to do with the way the planets move and and the higher aspects of it. So, 
in that general general idea aspect, I look at it as like what is the angelic bodies of the planets moving, and, and when I so of course I just relate it to the solstice. Angelic or celestial? Yeah, you know what I meant. <laughs> I'm trying to help the listener understand what you meant. Well, you guys should know me by now. I usually get my words wrong. <laughs> and Hill Hippie corrects them because my mouth talks faster than my head actually calculates. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just sticking with the truth. <laughs> now, as far as the the uh, the goddess that you were referencing to when trying to search for Elitha, uh, in the Wiccan tradition, uh, this is the time when the god and the goddess, both unnamed, are believed to have already been married, and that the goddess is heavy with child. Uh, they are considered to be at their most potent and powerful at this time of the year. Their energy and abundance is passed into the earth and the land. It is a time of growth and strength. I'm sorry, I got all quiet. I'm paying attention to the spirit that's in the room that's dealing with this energy. Um, and that I, I, I get that. I just think it's still funny that there's no goddess to speak directly of, other than, I guess, associate it with the energy of Mother Earth. Well, you got, you got to remember here. When it comes to Lytha, it's... Which would be Gaia, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> agree to disagree. Uh, when it comes to Lytha, which is a modern uh, neo-pagan neo uh, or Wiccan, which let's face it, Wicca has actually not been around as long as people believe it's still <coughs> been around. It's uh, based on not only the Celtic, Anglo-Saxon, uh, but the Norse, the Norwegian, the Germanic. So they're taking all of these traditions, which all have similar roots in the ways that they uh, celebrate these particular days. But the Celts had one way of uh, viewing this day. The the Norse had another. Like uh, Yule is a perfect example of this. Yule is the name, the Yor, uh, the Norse name of this, of that, uh, or Yule is the Norse name for that day, for the winter solstice. The Celts had no specific name that I am aware of currently mm-hmm. for that particular day. I I completely hear you. I mean, like I said, because I, I don't... All right, I know for a fact enough in the whole spiritual world, you know, like the Wiccans don't want to be called the Pagans. The Pagans don't want to be called the Wiccans. The Witches don't want to be called either, you know. Everybody has a different idea, and then, you know, the Pagans don't want to be associated with the Catholics, and blah, 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 blah. You are who you are. You you figure out who you are, and, and you that's good, you know. Yeah, it's the same as the, uh, the Methodists don't want to be called Baptists. The Baptists don't want to be called Presbyterians. Yeah, you're different shades of the same coin. Right, in a sense. I mean, we're all trying to figure out what is our path and walk it. Right. And that's the only important part here. I mean, and I can understand that. We just go by all of the different information that we look up. And guess what, everybody? We're all the same fucking mud pie. Mud pie? Mud pie. (laughs) I don't want to be a mud pie. You're made from stardust, right? Yes. And you're made of mostly water, right? Shut up. I like stardust. Don't break it. Dust and water make what? Shut up. I like stardust. Mud. Shut up. Mud. Stardust. You're star mud. I'm shiny. I'm shiny, happy people. You're star mud. I'm shiny, happy people. Going round? Shiny, happy people. (laughs) 
holding hands. <laughs> Don't take my happiness. You are not steal my joy. <laughs> I'm not stealing joy. I'm bringing the light of truth. I'm not mud. You're star mud. At least I still get to keep the star. Yeah, star mud. <laughs> Well, I mean, like I said, so I mean, to each their own, and I'm not shaming any idea. I'm just stating, you know, the different information with the different facts that we are getting and all of that wonderful good hoopla. For me specifically, it's the summer solstice. Right. And for me, the summer solstice speaks to us of, you know, it's the longest day of the year. I call that too, EK. It's when the sun seems to um, hang out, hang out, you know, the longest. It's, it's there the longest, the solstice. It's also an idea, another uh, symbol of it is it's, it's the day of the return of ascension. The day of the return of ascension? It's the day of returning ascension. Okay, you're going to have because to explain. Because that's how the sun rises to its highest point, making it the longest day of the year. The, Which, when you get already, into the... But the return to ascension? From the winter time, from the from the darker it's, season. It's already been ascending. And at, it's, it's at, at its and highest It's point. at its apex. So now it's... The, the uh, summer solstice is the return to descension. It's the, uh, it's the battle of the holly king and the oak king. Yes, it is. But it's uh, it's also, you know, like it's at its highest point. So it's at its highest ascension for the year. But it's not the return to ascension. It's I don't the like you. It's the, ape- <laughs> it's the apex of ascension. The winter solstice would be the, re- uh, the return to ascension because at that point it's starting to rise. It's returning to its ascension. Uh, Returning to ascend. This is the return to descension where it's descending. What uh, some of the Wiccans call the the transition from the light side of the year to the dark side of the year. Which I don't entirely agree with their phrasing on that. Because I think the light side of the year and the dark side of the year should be based on the equinoxes, not the, the solstice. But... That's just my own personal take on it based on the actual um, numbers of daylight hours versus darkness hours. I get it. I get it. I mean, I I can't, I can't, I I, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry that I busted you with logic. No, um, it's, it's, I, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I told you I was having a really hard time staying focused. <laughs> All right. Since we mentioned the Holly King and the Oak King, this is, I, I think I'm going to bring this up now because this is a, a little bit of a, a talk and it gives you enough time to catch up. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh by uh, some pagans and some uh, Wiccans, it's cons- this is the time that is considered to be the battle between the uh, Holly King and the Oak King, the second of the year. There's two in the year. There's one at the summer solstice and one at the winter solstice. It is at this time it is believed that the Holly King battles the Oak King for his position for the throne. Throne. The Holly King secedes the Oak King, and this is what brings on the dark half of the year. Some believe that these are the two sides of the horned god. 
I I personally I don't buy that based on the three horn gods that are referenced in paganism, uh, paganism, Wiccanism, and uh, or Wiccan and uh, European uh, deities that I'm aware of. Uh, Herme, Fawn, and Cornunos, none of those match having that type of dual personality to them based on the research that I've done personally. Uh, what I'm about to read to you comes from uh, sternoire.net. It's, uh, the translation is the history of Ireland, but it's actually sternoire.net. You're going to have to do a Google search for that because I'm not about to spell it for you. you got to do some of the research on your own, guys. In Celtic mythology, there is a dark holly god disguised as a wren and his twin, the light oak king, disguised as a robin. Every year at the winter and summer solstices, these two fight for dominance. In actuality... These brothers are two parts of the same thing, the waxing and waning of the yearly cycles of the earth. The Holly King rules the waning year from midsummer to Yule, and the Yoke King rules the waxing year from Yule to midsummer. <clears throat> the Holly King represents the darkness, decay, and destruction, however, also represents inner knowledge and mysteries. The Yoke King, on the other hand, represents light, uh, light growth, and expansion. These two mighty kings fight a uh, symbolic battle to win the crown of the year. At Yule, when the Yoke King wins, and at Midsummer, when the Holly King wins. To early Celts, trees, especially the oak tree, were considered sacred. Oak trees are deciduous, meaning that they go into a dormant state during the winter months. English Christmas holly trees are evergreen and maintain their foliage year-round. As the cold weather approaches and the oak trees lose their foliage, the holly trees, which had been hidden amongst the leafy oaks, now stand out in their full beauty in the barren landscape. At, mid, uh, at midwinter, it seemed that the holly king had won, and his brother, the mighty oak king, now uh, the mighty oak king now stood naked in defeat. But the holly king did not really win the battle, because as the sun begins to return once again. The Yoke King rallies and begins to reestablish his supremacy. Battle continues, and at midsummer, the Yoke King approach, uh, appears to win, overshadowing and pushing his opponent out of sight. But once again, appearances are deceptive, and as the sun begins to leave once more, and the Holly King rallies and begins to make his full appearance once more. Interestingly enough, it is that this time of the year. When each uh, or these times of the year, when each king is his full strength and splendor, that his def uh, that he is defeated by his opponent, despite being enemies, without one, the other no, uh, would not exist at all. But see, I can comprehend that in the way my mind works. If it, I put it to uh, the Green Man. Oh yeah. I mean, well, well, I don't know about the Green. Well, the Green Man could be part of. It could be, but it's, you know, instead of dual parts of the Green Man, the story of the Green Man I've always heard was the Green Man is kind of like a Christ-like figure. He's born and then he dies. But in a sense, that's exactly what's happening. But it's, it's like you and I fighting. You knock me out. I'm out for six months, and you're at your full splendor. I've got control of this domain. 
Nope. My turn. Okay, but see. Instead of uh, the duplicity, uh, that's kind of a duplicity of the. What you're getting at is the duplicity inside of a certain person. It's from going from light to dark within yourself. Right. I just look at it. Okay, I look at it like on a godly level. Would be the god going from light to dark within himself, rebirthing, learning something new, dying, rebirthing, learning something new, dying, and the fight that they have with themselves. So, in a sense, when I look at it in that sense, it's refreshing that even the god has to fuck up and learn. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And, I mean, it's they learn through their mistakes, and and they mature and spiritually evolve. So so can we. I mean, in my mind, that's the way that I see it broken into two different gods. Right. At least for me, directly. Now, okay, and and it's, this just happens to be in the uh, some of the stuff that I came across because in astrology. Um, the sun enters Cancer, which is a water sign. Midsummer is um, not only a time of fire magic, but it is a time of water as well. And see, for for me, whether it's astrology or not, that just brings us, whether in magic or not, forget magic. I mean, and I say it in that way because magic is about the oneness, so is soulfulness, and all of that all combines into one thing. So we're talking about the elements within yourself of fire and water um, in general. And working with that magic involves sacred streams and holy wells was some of the ideas I can't say all the way back in ancient times because, you know, we can't really track everything down. But some of the ideas was, you know, involving sacred streams and holy wells. If you were to visit one, be sure to go just before sunrise on uh, midsummer, midsummer's day, and approach the water from the east with the rising sun. Circle the well or the spring three times, walking docile clockwise, and then make an offering <coughs> of a silver coin or pens was the idea. I'm just giving you different ideas of what I had in general that I had also pulled up. The sun wheel, sun wheels were used to celebrate midsummer in, as well in European or pagan cultures. A wheel or sometimes a really big ball of straw was lit on fire and rolled down the hill and into the river. The, the burned remnants were taken to a, to a local temple and were put on display. In Wales, it was believed that it was the fire went out before the wheel hit the water. The crops would be granted a good season. Um, in Egyptian time, in Egypt, midsummer uh, season was associated with the flooding of the Nile, um, the River Delta. In South Africa, uh, paper boats were filled with flowers and then were set on fire. They were, uh, they were then sailed down the river carrying prayers to the gods. In some traditions, even in modern paganism today, you can get rid of 
You can get rid of your problems by writing them on a piece of paper and dropping them into a moving body of water on Midsummer's Day. Um, William Shakespeare associated Midsummer with witchcraft at least in three different plays, Midsummer's Night, Midsummer's Night's Dream, Macbeth, and The Tempest All. I've never even heard of that one. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I just never haven't even heard of that one. Um, were referenced, referenced in magic on the night of the summer solstice. The celebration that has been observed in centru for centuries, it's been celebrations in general, that's been observed for, in centuries by many different cultures all over the world with many different myths and legends, um, depending on where you're from and how you were raised to see it. Right. Okay, what else do you have while I find what I'm up for next? Because I see what you have out. I was actually working on something for I like later on in the show. Okay, hold on. Let me get to my next page. I'll go to this one, and this will this will kill a little bit of time. So, uh, uh, what about the uh, the trooping of the fairies? What have you heard about that? Nothing. Nothing. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Really, really, you have not heard anything about the trooping of the fairies. No. Really. No. Oh, wow. That surprises the hell out of me. It is believed that uh, at the summer solstice that the uh, the fairy or the fae gather together in groups and travel across the lands or the countrysides. And that they stop at people's homes and collect offerings of food, drink, and items. And it's a good time, uh, this is a good time of year because the Fae are so active in the land to do research to try to connect with them if they are something you actually believe in. Mm -hmm. And I believe in them because I've seen them. Go ahead. Fair enough. <laughs> and it's also said uh, at this time of year that if you're outside and you happen to hear phantom music or phantom sounds of merrymaking, you might have just been witness quote unquote, to the trooping of the Fae as they've gone past you in non-corporeal form that your senses can't pick up. Huh, that's interesting. See, I mean, I mean, I have a lot of connection with fairy energy in general, but I've, I've never heard it specifically put with the solstice. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting one. I, couldn't, I didn't have enough time to do much more research into it than that. So maybe on a, a future solstice episode, or summer solstice episode specifically, we'll uh, get into that more. Yeah. No, like you said, I mean, to each their own. Some people, you know, I guess that goes with everything as you come into spirituality and stuff. I mean, some people really, some people really, you know, want to believe, but then don't believe. Or they believe, but then they see. And then some don't, and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it was, and for like most people who I've spoken to, I think it's funny, people who have seen fairies, 90% of the people who are mediums who see fairies will tell you, they rarely ever let you see their face. You usually see a fairy with no head. <laughs> And that is one of the ways that we usually know when we're talking to somebody who's seen them because they're like, dude, it was the weirdest thing. It's this fairy, but there's no freaking head. And we all have the same thing. And I'm like, it's got to be a thing. They're, they're, they won't let you see their head. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> hey, man. They, they, 
they're the introverts. They they don't want to be noticed at the party. They're just doing their. Th- they're there. They're with us. They're just trying not to make it that much of an impression. <laughs> Unless you're talking about the uh, the Fae of uh, ancient Irish Celtic uh, <laughs> mythology, and those motherfuckers just were ruthless. Yeah, I remember you saying some things about some of them not being not nice at all. So if you want to make sure you don't uh, get the ire or the wrath of the fae of the ancient Celtic and Irish people, you might want to put like a little bowl of water or some treats outdoors. You can tell yourself it was a raccoon all you want. It (laughs) might have been the fae or it might have been the raccoon. You just never really It's on you to decide. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, some fairies do have a, a, a bad rap. I mean, I've I've heard, and I'm not I'm not relating it to what Hill Hippie was just saying. I mean, in general, I've heard some of them have had a bad rap, or or have had a bad attitude, or done mischievous shit. In general, in my personal situations of dealing with them, I haven't. I've uh, the most has really happened is they're a little excited, and I've gotten dizzy. But that's really typically. Oh well, yeah, they can be mischievous and making things disappear. Wait a minute, are you talking about the fae or party drugs? Fairies. Did they come on little swats of paper? I'm telling you, my stuff sometimes disappears, uh, and then get, they return back. When you see the uh, when you see the fae, are they on little swatches of paper? No. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> All right. Um. You want me to go or you want to go? Go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to throw at you some uh, different ideas of activities and uh, correspondence that can go with this time of the year for, you know, you to decide what you might want to do for the holiday itself. Um, And these are just a whole bunch of stuff that I've dug up and I'm throwing at you while he'll help he gets ready for his next little segment. Um, Some activities are create a flower crown. In general, you know, and some of these are really good because you can spend time with your children in sense in in that in that way, like creating a flower crown, whether it was, you know, out of real flowers or you went and got, you know, fake ones. Because I have a specific crown that I have for some of my shamanic work and they're not real because I just I, I use them as an idea, like a symbol. And one is for like summertime and one is more of a winter. But either way, I mean, you could create this flower crown, you know, with your children and, and keep it, you know, as something that keep in general. And you got to spend time with the, with the children and help teach them. Anyway, then there's also, you know, having a bonfire. Leaving out fey offerings, which is what he was just speaking about. Celebrating the sun. Pick local strawberries or fruit. Have a picnic in the park. Bake honey cake, which I did not look up what specifically honey cake was. It's just basically uh, what little bit of research I glanced over on that was just like your basic uh, cakes and breads with uh, light fruit and or honey additives okay um then you could create and this is one of my favorite ones especially if you have some space you know uh, create a fairy garden you know for one you could create a fairy garden because you know you're hoping to eventually see the fairies but for two maybe you'll get butterflies you know (laughs) 
you gotta in order to get the butterflies to come <clears throat> you gotta have something that's gonna attract the butterflies you gotta have some sort of plant in that garden that's going to be sweet like honeysuckle or mm-hmm. something that's gonna get their attention I used to have uh, butterfly plants at the sanctuary before so I would have them and then oh, I, I know which plant you're talking about but the uh, the actual tax uh, taxonomical name is uh, eluding me at the moment yeah I have no idea because it actually has a Municipal uh, properties as well. Medicinal. Okay. I don't know the name still. <laughs> but there are different ones that are said to attract fairies in general, as well as like stones, um, some crystals and stuff. And I did not do homework on that because that was not what my goal was today. But there are ones that you're supposed to be able to do. You can look that up. I can't do all your homework for you. So if you want to create, you know, a fairy garden, you can look up, you know, different ideas that will help you magically create a fairy garden. In general, and what are some of those crystals and stuff that you could put in there? The one I know off the top of my head is citrine. Hmm. I don't remember. It starts with a B. And I think it's funny because my father was, you know, was Native American. And I guess he, like, was quiet about the shit where I'm all loud and obnoxious and tell the whole wide world who I am. And he kept things to himself. I mean, it wasn't until I was, like, 40 that I realized he had a cauldron in the front yard with flowers in it. I mean, it just was part of my daily life. I never realized that that's what was there, you know, and he had, I can't remember what plant, what flat, what, what stone it was, but he used to have it. And once I realized that it had to do with fairies, it was all over the backyard. I mean, big boulders of it. So no wonder I see fairies anyway. All right. So some of the other things is, like some deities that would also go with this time of year. Apollo, Horus, um, hesitate. I can't say it and I know what it is. Yes. It just wasn't coming out. (laughs) Good job, EK. Um, There's also colors as gold, yellow, orange, red. Uh, Herbs as daisy, marigold, thyme or thyme, however you pronounce it, sage. Food is garden fresh fruits and vegetables. Crystals is uh, carnelian, citron, sunstone. Symbols would be the sun, the bonfire, the oak tree, honey, rose, and the fay. Uh, real quick, I'm going to cut into this because we're running out of time very, very quickly. A lot to do with any one of these. Uh, Ow! Any one of these festivals, like as you've experienced in the past, you know, future episodes of this, we will touch upon things that we have not touched upon in previous episodes. Oh, yeah, we never have time for everything. Of course. <laughs> uh, one of the things you're going to want to do is uh, visit sacred sites. Uh, one thing I found, if we've got any UK listeners, uh, Stonehenge is actually opened up for people to walk through the stones on the summer solstice. Which most times of the year, it's actually locked up. You're not allowed to actually get into the stones. But on the solstice, you're allowed to go down. Oh, they've been doing that for a while, though. Oh, yeah. On the solstice. Right. I'm just saying. I I just learned this because I don't live in England. I don't have that ability. So for those of our listeners in the UK, yeah, you got a chance to go walk amongst the stones. You may already know this. Hold on. But up. if you cannot get to a sacred site. Please, people, if you do go there, you know. 
clean up after yourself because there's been many years that I've so seen different things of how they go there for it to be a sacred event and then they leave the place trashed. If you go so, anywhere, clean up after yourselves. I mean, not just the respect. sacred sites. Just if you go anywhere, clean up after yourselves. If you carry it in, carry it out. Exactly. Okay, I shut up. <laughs> but if uh, you can't get to a sacred or a Neolithic site, uh, any site can be sacred. It could be just a spot in your garden or your backyard that's special to you or a particular set of woods that you like to go hiking in. Get out and just spend some time and soak in some of that the nature and the energy and the phytocytes and just everything around you. You'll You'll pick up that energy. Uh, this is also a good time of the year to make magical uh, magical tools such as staves and wands. Uh, divinations that uh, divination sets that are great to make at this time of year are really great. From my understanding, from the research I've done, are the Oum sets. It's an ancient Celtic alphabet that is deeply connected to the tree symbolism and can be used for div uh, divination. Uh, I personally have an Oum set that I've bought and had uh, these trees and pieces of the arm came from the UK and I am locked on the screen. Okay. Now I'm not. Michelle was moving and I wasn't. It was weird. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I just realized what camera was on me. I get it. But uh, uh, each one of the OM uh, symbols have different little markers on them because it's an actual alphabet. Turn there that way. There's there's the camera. It's an ancient Celtic alphabet, and each one of the alphabet corresponds to a tree. And they can be used in uh, divination if you're into that sort of thing. The two that I'm going to show you, because I literally just got these. I don't know what in the hell to do with them. I'm learning, but I'm going to show you the two for this time of year. <coughs> Because of the battle between the oh oh turn 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 the oak and the holly, you see how close those symbols are. There's you know what? I'm sorry to interrupt, but you should take a picture and put that on other Lynn James. I'm yeah. I will. I already had that in my uh, that thought in my head. So it comes in clearer. One also one hash mark between the two. With that being said, I am going to wait. So, what is this one? Which one? That one, because it's calling to me that one. Pick it up. You get fingers, and it's in... Okay, that's one of the special five. That is gooseberry. Use the guilt you carry to bring about change. Let it go and transform the energy you give the guilt into positive action. That makes complete sense. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I am thankful. But that makes complete sense. <laughs> you pointed it out. No, well, there was a reason why I'm seeing it. So I was like, let me just ask. I'm just like anybody else. I have problems with the heart chakra. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, solar activity as of June 13th. Uh, 320 UTC, a gentle solar wind stream originating from a geo-effective coronal hole is helping to disturb our geomagnetic field. Minor geomagnetic uh, disturbances will be possible at high latitudes. KP indices at this point in time are still ranging around 1. 
So it'll be very, very minor. Unless you're up by the Arctic Circle, you're not going to see any auroras. And with that, I am going to stall as she burps. And <laughs> then you can get into your uh, astro- uh, your weekly astrology. I know, as you finished, I was like, uh, oops. <laughs> okay. Um, this week's astrology is weird. Uh, and I don't know how else to put it. I mean, you, you, we're... We are moving towards the summer solstice, yes. And that's basically what this whole week is about. And I have to kind of go back to like what I put in the weekly healing messages in order to help you understand where this is going. Because Spirit says everything about this is about getting you on the fence to take the leap of faith. So it's kind of like if if you're standing in your own way, if you've gotten too comfortable with your own... Bad habits, bad addictions, bad patterns that you've created, and you're still in the idea of thinking that it suits you when really it doesn't serve you anymore. The idea of this energy is to push you over the fence, okay? So it's it's a positive thing, and it's trying to get you to an energy to where you take the leap of faith, you know, from what I'm getting from spirit. Plus, remember, you have, you know, next next month is... Next month, we have, first off, we have Mercury retrograde. I mean, and then you have Neptune also. We have Neptune going retrograde this week. Then you have Mercury retrograde going retrograde on the 7th. Then you have, um, at the same time in July, we have the eclipse season in general. And then we're going into the Lion's Gate. So this whole energy is building up to the ascension of the Lion's Gate, which really is starting, <laughs> what Spirit is saying, Get it through your head. The bigger leap, the bigger the blessing. And so they're not making it comfortable. And the reason I explain all of that is because when I get into this week's astrology, what Spirit directs me to, which I've never spoken of before, before I did the weekly healing messages this week, is Medusa. All right. Um, But before I hit Medusa, you have on the 20th, you have Yura. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I often say Jira or Yera, but Yera is what you were trying to learn to say, which yes. is sacrifice and commitment is moving into Leo. Now, you also will have Mercury, before it goes retrograde, moving into Leo. And then in the very beginning of July, you're going to have Mars moving into Leo. Now, these three are technically 10, 10 degrees apart from each other. So it's a very powerful energy all going from Cancer into Leo, which is going from the karmic home of who and what created you to be what you are. And it's moving out of the home of who and what you are. And it's moving into the pursuit of pleasure. I dig it. But Everyone's Mar- got to get their own. But Mercury's going to go retrograde. But that's technically next week, so we're not going to go into that just yet. But this energy is still going to be picking up energy from Mars and Cancer. Mercury, as it shifts into um, from Cancer into Leo, and it's going to have Eura going into Leo. So this is sacrifice and commitment. The sacrifice and commitment it takes with the inner communication as well as the outer communication to make changes with your own personal sexuality, trusting in yourself, feeling confident. This is your inner warrior standing up. 
and putting its foot down and coming out of the soulfulness of the karmic energy of who and what you are, understanding what does and doesn't serve you, what is true of who and what you are, and then how are we moving it into the pursuit of pleasure so we can make these three energies work for you. So it's going to have a lot of sacral chakra energy going on, but with coming into confidence of yourself, communication of how and what you all want to express, and commitment of making sure you start to express that. Then you have the sun, which is also moving into cancer while all these other signs are moving out. Then you have Neptune, which is going retrograde with Lilith in the sign, which is definitely going to be speaking to you in different ways. And I'm warning you pretty much from the first, I mean, from the 26th to the 7th, as soon as Mercury hits Leo, it's going to be kicking ass and taking names. With, with you're already there. Sacrificing commitment. It's going to be like, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want you to know. This is what I'm after. This is how I'm going to find the pleasure in my life. And this is what we're going to be doing. God damn it. More or less. And it's going to be very abruptly coming out before it hits retrograde. So you're very much going to be in your own personal fire. And trying to understand what that is as you come through this... Um, So, summer solstice. Wow. I was like, eclipse. And I was like, wrong time of year. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, Medusa is in the energy. Now, every once in a while, I'm told by spirit to go back into, like, the Kuiper belt and look at things that most astrologers don't talk about. And Haumea, Palace, Make Make, or Maki Maki, however you pronounce it, are all in Libra. Medusa, which technically is Eris, is in Aries with Chiron. Now, You've never heard me speak of Eris as Medusa because I wasn't until the last few days Spirit explained to me that's the way I view it. And Medusa is your injustice. I mean, when we think about it, Medusa was created from an injustice level. The idea of the myth was she was more or less raped by Poseidon and, and Athena was jealous and turned her into Medusa. So this is all about injustice. Eris is trouble, tro trouble, toil, and strife. So this is in your universal first house. So this is saying, where have I been injustly served? Where am I still taking it? Where am I accepting it? And I don't have to anymore. But the problem is Medusa can't be healed. She was injustly, injusticely created as she was. It's the fucking past. You have to release it, surrender it, and let it go. You will not heal it. You have to let it go. Go ahead. You were going to say something. It's non-consequential. Uh, non okay. That's the way that I'm being given it. But the thing is, Chiron is in here, and Chiron's very uncomfortable with her hair because Chiron's the wounded healer. But here's the problem. Medusa is within 10 degrees of Uranus and Vista in Taurus. Now, Uranus is your independence, your individuality, your uniqueness, your freedom. In Taurus, it's your self-worth, your self-value, your self-esteem. With Vista sitting on top of it, it's your soul fire. What this is speaking to you of is Medusa is threatening how you create your heaven on earth. And she's 
keeps poking her ugly freaking face back in your business going, but I was injustly served. I was injustly served. And I, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And more or less, she's in, wanting. Okay. Injustly. Okay. Not injustly. <laughs> injustly. But she. Damn it. I tried. <laughs> but my, my point is, is. That's all your trouble, your toil, your strife that you're still holding on to. It's your inner warrior that's pissed off because it can't make things right. And it's not going to. It's not going to. And the whole point is, is you can hold on to, is, it's like I was told by spirit. It's the sun card. And for sun card, the sun card for me in tarot is Rush and Hebrew. And every single day you have the right to create your day as a punishment or a blessing. So if you're allowing Medusa to talk shit in your head of I want, I want, I want, because you're still dealing with the trouble, the toil, the strife, that where you were served wrong, injustice was given to you, you know, and it's just still in the back of your head. If you're allowing it to drive you, well, you're choosing the punishment. You're not choosing the blessing. And if you continue to choose the bless the punishment over the blessing, you will start a brand new cycle with the punishment all over again. And this is why, because it has to do with how you create your heaven on earth. And are you allowing Medusa to screw fuck up your joy? <laughs> More or less, are you allowing Medusa to allow you to be stuck in the same bag as her? More or less. You have to put her to rest. There's no way of healing her. You just, you have to release, surrender, and let it go. That's really what this energy is coming down to. Plus, Medusa is not getting along with uh, Make Make, the Lotus Flower, and Libra. So, it's going straight across from your self-worth, your self-value, your, I mean, not your self-worth, from your self-identity, how you're viewed, how you're seen, how you view and see yourself. You know, if you're getting into your own pity party of, this was done to me, na-na-na-na-na, and you're bringing your own negativity forth, it's getting into those relationships, and it's going to rip them apart right now. Because the lotus flower speaks to you of where you are on the growth of the lotus flower within the relationships. So are you choosing to stay in the dirty, muddy, murky water where you can't see the light from your ass, more or less? You can't see the light shining from the moon because you're stuck in the water. Or are you starting to come through the frothiness and starting to at least realize there is a dawn there is a salvation there is a light or are you finally starting to mature and grow because medusa's idea is to pull you back and turn you into stone light from ass and frothiness <laughs> all in one poorly executed metaphor i am who and what i am I should not have been a female. There was no... Re I don't know what the hell was going on when I was created. I had no business being a female. Uh, if you want to go in the old school <laughs> ways of viewing, uh, your mom was on top. Uh, but carry on, my wayward son. <laughs> I think it's more of I had to learn a lesson about femininity, and I may not be doing a very good job about it. <laughs> anyway, so the idea here is... You know, that <clears throat> while you're supposed to be moving forward, you're supposed to be taking the chance. You're supposed to be taking the leap of faith. The bigger leap, the bigger the blessing. Medusa's trying to talk you out of it. Really? And 
Will she? Will you allow her to? That's really what it all comes down to, is will you allow her to? Because you still have the eclipse season coming in, which is going to knock you down a little bit harder because the true ascension doesn't happen until the lion's gate. And actually, I believe that's almost at the end of August this year from what I see in astrology. With that being said, I love you all, and we'll be back next week. May all your journeys be safe ones. Bye. Come now.